0: Hi, I'm Barry Worthington. And hello, I'm Paul Thorpe. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. Come on, you laugh, it's yours. Welcome, everybody, to the Sunday edition All the reaction from yesterday's game down at Norwich, which the Lattics got an admirable point from. Lots of incidents in that game to talk about. We've also got a preview of Tuesday night's Carabao EFL Cup game away at one of our favourite away venues, Highbury Stadium, Fleetwood Town. Paul. We'll start off with the Norwich game, one apiece. We both went for that scoreline as a prediction and
1: we were both proven correctly. I think 100% record on guessing the scoreline, line has got to be a new one, hasn't it? <laughs> There's no way we've, we've ever got that before. Hard fought point, well end point. Going for that scoreline in all, as much as expectation is, you know, we got what we wanted, didn't we?
0: Yeah, we certainly did and what a fantastic start just before the half-hour mark. Jimmy McLean finishing off a, a set-up by Will Keane, who'd not 10 minutes previously had a similar position, from a similar position, tried to set Langy up, who unfortunately had a tight angle, and the, and the keeper, Tim Kruehl, made a stop from him. But James McLean made no mistake, did he?
1: No, I mean, I mean, you do say what a fantastic start. I mean, you've kind of glossed over being under the cosh for the first quarter of an hour. When you see James McLean get it, it's one of those players who you think, this is going in. It's that whole thing of having having time to think about what you're doing rather than just instinctively shoot. And some players, you kind of think, if they've got time to think, they'll tie themselves up in knots, whereas not with James McLean, you think, yeah, that's going straight in the back of the net. And it did. And then he stood with his arms outstretched, as he does.
0: It was a great finish. Like I say, he is cool under pressure like that. And as you mentioned there about, you know, the first, well, the first 25 minutes, really, which I was going to come to, of the Norwich pressure. They they had a lot of pressure, but they, they didn't really have any clear-cut chances. I thought we defended superbly. From my memory, Puke had one effort which flashed across the goal and went past the the far post. The new £11 million signing Nunes, who made his debut, had had an effort. And uh, the left-back as well, who later went off, he hit an effort which... Which went over the top as defending went. I just thought we were magnificent, absolutely magnificent yesterday, especially in that opening 25 minutes because we was under the cosh as as you've just said.
1: You, You kind of almost retrospectively put on the label of magnificent because we survived it. I think whilst going through it, you're thinking they're going to score any minute now. It is, it's like building that brick wall piece by piece, isn't it? Because you are under, you know, you're under pressure, you're expecting the opposition to score. We've stopped that one. You know, bodies in the way. There was, um, there was a couple of occasions where I saw bodies get thrown in the way. I can't remember who it was. In that first season, right, there's a, a good bit of defending. There's another good bit of defending. There's another... But you're thinking all the way through, we're going to concede soon. Sooner or later, we're going to concede. But we didn't. Obviously, you've got, that other chance that Lange had where perhaps should have shot first, took a touch while the keeper get up tight on him.
0: If I'm being honest with that one, I think probably Keno made the wrong pass there initially should, should have knocked it left because James McLean was thundering on the, on, on the left-hand side and I think he had a better angle. Plus, he could have also had chance to pick out McGuinness and, and Max Powell storming into the box as well, so I think the the better option. But it's easy for us to say at the side, isn't it? Yeah. You know what? What's yeah, it is. But I'll tell you what, Norwich. You know, that it was like a carbon copy of Sheffield Wednesday, Preston, and then again with Norwich. Oh, I'm not saying we sat back, but we allowed them to have possession in the opening exchanges, but we defended really deeply and and solid. But I thought Norwich with the one touch football. Early doors look looked very, very good. And uh, like you said, I was waiting for, I was not for the goal to come, but I was waiting for the chances to come. But when you look at, uh, I mean, I'll jump straight to the stats now, uh, well, the shot stats. They had 22 attempts on, on goal, but only four on target. And I think thats that says everything there. For me, they were quite poor in front of goal. And if, if they're just relying on Team Rupuke to get the goals, then, you know, they, they, they need to start looking for a other areas where they're going to get goals from. But I thought it was was so solid. It was a fantastic defensive display. No matter how many times we say said this throughout this podcast, we can't heap enough praise on both Jason Kerr and Curtis Tilt for the way they defended. They were immense. They're absolutely immense.
1: Absolute rock. Superb, I'm like saying that first bit. I, I remember seeing Tilty throwing himself at something. Sure Kerr was doing the same. And it, again, the, the, the testament to that is the lack of Jack wattball wasn't a problem, was it? It wasn't, and
0: I think he was uh, aided and abetted quite, quite brilliantly by Tom Naylor again, just in front of the back four. Max Power has had, had a good game, but particularly Tom Naylor. He was, um, once again, he was everywhere we stopping, you know, pretty spotting where it hurts, and pretty spotting where it hurt somebody else later on, which we'll come to oh. it in, a, in a minute or two. But Naylor, outstanding once again. And I think even Tendai Dariqua De- and uh Joe Bennett defensively were very good yesterday the the uh, there was a couple of occasions obviously where we were going to get caught out and I thought we did get caught out for their goal if we come to that now if if that was in the, in the second half if you think about that goal Aaron's ran almost the length of the pitch though so he it came it sort of came on the blind side and he was wide open, really. And I think James McLean was tucked in a little bit because he had the ball out over on the left and he was coming down the right. And then he sprinted into the box and they found him with a, with a great pass. And he, he's had a bit of room there. And he's he's, he's put it past Ben Amos with a, a rasping shot. I, I don't blame Amos whatsoever for that. I, you know, it was it, it was um, a well-taken goal and it was one apiece. And then you thought the onslaught were going to come, didn't you? But it didn't. It did. It didn't. We we held out till the end. Before we move on, just one thing I wanted to mention: when Ulis got carried off yesterday, there was, I, I saw on Twitter there was kind of had a few Norwich supporters going mad about Callum Lang saying that he should have been carded for, for his foul. But it wasn't even a foul, was it? It was no free kick. He never even touched it. If you remember the incident, it, it, the ball had been knocked out to our right. It was uh, more or less on the halfway line, near the touch line. It looked like it was going to go to play for a Norwich throw-in. Lang has come round the side of Ulis and slid and welted the ball up the field. And it looks like he's just turned his own ankle. So... First of all, that, absolutely no blame whatsoever though on Callum Lang. And I see that, that Norwich player, Todd Cantwell, has been uh, heavily critical of Wigan Athletic's physical prowess in, in um, the
1: game. Yeah, I mean, like you say, that ball was there for Langley to have a go at. There's, there's absolutely no intent. I've not seen it close, but certainly when I, when I watched it as it happened, it was like there's nothing gone on there. And you know, it might be I just saw it as one of those unfortunate ones where somebody gets caught and and they get hurt and that's what happened You know, and people are kicking or kicking balls and and it just happens sometimes, doesn't it? Where you have a challenge yeah. and somebody gets hurt in that challenge. Did he even did he even touch him?
0: No, we never touched him. I'll I, I look through look through yeah. the replay and he's he he was nowhere near him. He was there was a good a good perhaps a foot between them. That's all, all all points. So no, he didn't. He's gone over on his own ankle and that count well for all. He's got bucketfuls of talent. But he's got an absolute shocking, shocking temperament, shocking character. You wouldn't like him at the side of you in a battle, would you? He might be a, a skillful football player, but he's no white. And uh, I'm not surprised that he was shipped out on loan from Norwich because they didn't want him. And I'm not surprised that Bournemouth didn't take take up the option to buy him and hardly ever played him last season. So Todd Campbell, if you're listening to this, which I know you want me, but you know, you need to grow up, lad. You need to grow up. Let's get on to that penalty then. Well, everybody's me
1: on Twitter, hasn't he, this morning, about that penalty incident
0: in in, in the flow of football. The, the, the game speed, Paul. How did you see it? What did you call it? As
1: a brilliantly timed tackle that is one of the the ones where you get the ball and you clean the man out at the same time in a legal fashion, uh, a proper defensive tackle. Simple as that. Because it was dead obvious and dead clear. And he won the ball. No, no question. Even at game speed, first time out, it was dead. Obviously, won the ball. I actually thought the other fella took a dive at game speed. But yeah, game speed, it just it, it looked like he he took a dive, but I mean well, there's an element of bias there. But you watch it again and he, he does get it. He falls backwards, doesn't he? When I saw it, it, it looked to
0: me again at game speed that Neiler had gone in with a really uh challenge to win the ball. It was in the penalty box in a dangerous position. He needed to win that ball. He hit it. His foot was almost on the floor when his his side of his foot's caught the ball. He's cleaned it away. And then for me, I thought that Aaron's had jumped up and lifted his leg out of the way and then fell on the floor, like you said, and pretended to be injured. The referee probably saw it the same way. And in his view, no penalty. Game goes on. But when you slow it down, like frame by frame by frame, they look shocking because that's what it looks like. And the impact that, that all these photographs are showing is with Tom Naylor's foot on Aaron's shin. We know 100% if it was in the Premier League and the had VAR, they would have given a penalty and they would have sent Tom Naylor off. And the reason they're doing that is, is because they don't want any contacts in the game. They don't. They, they're overprotecting players. It wasn't a bad challenge. It was a clean attempt for the ball. Aaron's own momentum has taken him into Tom Naylor rather than the other way around, in my opinion. And yeah. I don't think there's... In the lower leagues of the EFL, I don't think there's anything wrong with that challenge. If it had been the other oh, way yeah. around, obviously I'd have cried. Penalty, <laughs> get him off.
1: He's arrived later than the bus, hasn't he? If he'd have got there on time, Naylor's foot would have still been on the floor. Physics says he's going to fall... The angle he's gone in, his ass is going to fall on the floor and his foot's going to come up. If he'd have turned up on time, he'd have got there with, with his... When his foot was still on floor, that was be moaning.
0: The referee, McDonough, had a good game. He didn't fall for any of the histrionics. He seemed to be fair. I all we were a bit physical, but that's what I'd expect us to be. It's a battle this season. I want to see our players getting stuck in. We picked up four yellow cards yesterday that Norwich didn't pick any. Now, maybe that says something about them rather than us. Maybe they're not up for the battle. I think Dean Smith might, might find this out this season. I mean, you don't finish in bottom place in the Premier League with 22 points if you're a tough fighting side, do you? You, you? That's how you end up when you when there's no fight in you. And that's what happens to them. Anyway, the main thing is about this, we don't need to play Norwich City again for quite a while. Well, and I'm quite pleased about that. Stats for the game, we had 30% possession. 22 shots, for four on target for Norwich. We had six with three on target. Now, that's our, our success rate, those 50%. So we're far better at hitting the target than Norwich. Corners. Nine. We didn't have any fouls. Norwich committed six. We committed thirteen, and like I said, we ended up with four yellow cards. Norwich none. The attendance was twenty five thousand five hundred ninety five. Close on a thousand people travelled down from Wigan Athletic. The man of the match, as voted for by our listeners on both Facebook and Twitter, is Wigan Athletics Jason Kerr. What a game he had. Ooh. and it could have yeah. either way. A more courteous tilt for me. I mean, I went for Curtis Tilt, but I, I've no qualms in Jason Kerr picking up the, the award as well.
1: I thought Tilt might have won that, but again, all the way, way around, can't, can't moan, can you?
0: You can't, no. Right, Paul, We've it's been mentioned that we're linked with approximately four players. There's only two players that have been sort of named in the rumour mills. One of them is the Egyptian goalkeeper, Mahmoud Gad, that appears to be back on again. The other one is... Shed Evans at Preston on loan. I'll be perfectly honest, not for me. There's two reasons. I don't think he's any good, and he's too controversial, and he did upset the fan base. So, for those two reasons alone, I'd prefer him not to come.
1: We've been with the odd controversial player, haven't we, in in recent times, and more so with the controversial manager in Mackay. And uh, yeah, it didn't do us any favours. No, it it didn't. Yeah, let's look somewhere else, I think.
0: Tuesday evening, we're off to Fleetwood. We've got a, a game against the Coderne. It's in the Carabao Cup.
1: We'll have a ref watch then for Tuesday night. The referee will be Michael Salisbury from Garstang, roughly about halfway between the two towns. And He's been an EFL ref since the 2016-17 season and he was promoted to the Select Group 2 in 2020-21 season and Select Group 1 last season. He's refed in the Premier League on three occasions. And this will be his first game this campaign. Last season, 36-year-old Salisbury took charge of 21 games, issuing 68 yellows, five red cards, four of those were straight reds, and he also awarded two penalties.
0: Just a quick thing on Mike Salisbury. The listeners might recognise the name Salisbury. His dad was a referee and he refereed our final game of twenty twenty one 21 season uh, when he sent off Curtis Tilt as we suffered a 4-3 home defeat to Swindon Town. And that's Mike Salisbury's dad. Make of that what you will. Previously, Lattice mm. and Fleetwood have met nine times since both clubs have been in the league. We've met many times in non-league. We have six wins, two draws and just the one defeat, which ironically came in the EFL Cup at Ibury. On the 5th of September 2020, a 3-2 scoreline. Ched Evans scored in that game, but so too did Joe Garner. We went 2-0 up in that game and they come back and won 3-2. Last season, we did the double over them. Fleetwood have a new manager for this season, former Scotland and Celtic captain, Scott Brown. They won on Saturday 2-1 against Plymouth Argyle, coming from a goal behind. That man again, Joe Garner, with an 88th-minute winner. Lost their opening game of the season, 2-1 away at Port Vale, where they'd got 1-0 up in that game, only to be pegged back 2-1. Predictions, Paul? I think there will be a lot of changes this week for this game. I can see a lot of French players getting some minutes in the legs, so I've no idea what team we'll put out, apart from the fact probably Jonesy and goals. I'm going to go for a Latics win, 2-1.
1: I think so I'll, I'll, I'll see your Jones in goal and I'll raise your Stephen Humphrey starting up front. I think that's probably nailed on as well. Yeah, I, I dare I go with the same 2-1 as you and, and we'll see if we get both right again. No, I think I'll go with 3-2. Yeah, 3-2 then, so that's it.
0: On that note, we've come to the end of this week's episode. Without further ado, it's up the ticks and come on. Up the ticks, come on.